0: are you looking for the magic to make your life truly count do you want the secret formula to make every day your best day yet hello and welcome to the finishing on fire radio show and now here are your show hosts dave wadsworth and greg vance hello greg good to see you buddy hey dave this is our uh, actually our third episode, and we're going to talk about uh, Legacy, which is, is the book that we're, the whole show's basically around, you know, the Finishing on Fire book that I wrote this year, uh, Amazon number one bestseller, and, uh, and it talks about living your legacy of purpose, passion, and prosperity, so basically we're talking about Legacy. And uh, what that really means and kind of defining it and give us some examples and and, uh, hopefully help everybody listening to uh, to understand how they can have an impact uh, on uh, other people's lives and leave uh, what we call a legacy uh, behind once they pass on.
1: So you want to want to kick us off, give us a little bit of uh, what your thoughts are around maybe a little definition for legacy. Or why sure. we should care about legacy?
0: <laughs> you know, that's funny thing. about care. It was only a few years ago. I didn't really care about legacy. I I didn't. Yeah. I'd heard the term used a lot, but I I didn't really care. I didn't really think about it. And and over the last several years, I'm thinking, okay, this is something I want to do. And uh, I I didn't really have a midlife crisis, but I had a change in thinking that said, oh. Uh, I've got a lot of friends and family, different people uh, that I know. I have a zillion friends. Um, and I've had a lot of people that have passed away. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, one day they're here, the next day they're gone. And I'm thinking, wow, what what did they leave behind? And that's really what your legacy is. Once you're gone, what is left? Do you have just, you know, I read a book years ago, it was uh, Jim Rohn. And he was talking about, you know, some people or a lot of people's legacy is basically a pile of receipts, you know, of, of consumed goods in their life. And that's, that's all that, that they leave behind. And uh, which is sad because, because they didn't really uh, think about what they were doing. They didn't have an impact uh, on mm-hmm. others. And, uh, and so yeah, legacy is, is what's left behind when you're gone. Uh, did you really matter? And that's what we want to talk about. So, so what do you think when you think of legacy, Greg?
1: Yeah. So some of the things that usually come to mind when people talk about legacy, um, they talk about uh, maybe a family along with some children, uh, maybe being well-loved, a marriage. Um, of course, people always talk about, especially when you're talking with your financial planner, you're talking about money and assets and maybe an estate you're going to leave behind. But I think, you know, as, as you and I've talked about, some of the more powerful ways to uh, impact the next generation and those around us in a legacy is to, you know, maybe share our life experiences, share wisdom. And one of the ways that you've been able to do that is by, you know, um, putting your book together, which has been super helpful in that, in that regard. But I, I think what uh, we've talked about is we'd like to inspire other people to be able to uh, at some point, put their own books together so that they can pass along that legacy.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good point. You know, <laughs> we talked about this on our last episode. About I was not a big reader of books. Mm-hmm. I consumed very few, uh, if they if they weren't uh, comic books or Sports Illustrated, I hardly touched them. But uh, and for 55 years, that's the way it was. And then that uh, in 2016, it was, that's when (laughs) I had a miraculous turnaround and I ended up going from 25 books in in 55 years to 243 books I read in 2016. And it was like, what is going on with me? You know, something happened, just a, a switch kind of flipped in my mind. And, and you know what, I realized that, um, my mom was always reading uh, or writing, you know, just poems and, and and stories and all kinds of stuff like that. And she's just constantly doing that. And I thought, you know what? I want to to give my mom a really cool gift. And so my first book, which is on Amazon called living in the ditch. And it's, it's a pretty fun book. A lot of people like it. Um, but I wrote that and dedicated that to my mom. And I realized uh, when she got that for uh, Christmas a couple years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, she she was so excited. You you'd thought she won the lottery, so she was excited. And I thought <clears throat> this is a great legacy, and this is a way. Because in that book, I talked a lot about family history and some things, but stories of my childhood with my brother and I, and just fun animal stories kind of things and stuff because we lived beside this ditch and as boys we were in that ditch all the time and catching snakes and turtles and frogs and minnows and everything so it was just a good time but um, I would encourage everyone to write a book it's it's different than it used to be but get the idea of you know Mm -hmm. what you're passionate about what you like and then put together your ideas, you know, get the big idea and then put it together, break it down. It's not that hard. And if a redneck like Dave Wadsworth can do this, anybody can do it. And, uh, and, you know, it's funny because I'm telling you, yeah, I'm smart enough, but I'm not the sharpest guy out there, but it's so fulfilling, uh, to do that. And of course, this is my second book, Finishing on Fire, and it's a number one bestseller for it with Amazon. And it's just exciting, but, it's a legacy that when I'm gone, these books are going to be out there. Uh, They may be in somebody's library or they may be, and I donate a lot. Uh, Matter of fact, I donate quite a few, but I donate them to libraries and things and people. And somebody may, you know, go through their library and find this book. and, And, you know, it may be 30 years down the road and they pull this out and they're like, Oh, that looks interesting. And they read this book and they get one idea that helps them improve their life. That is awesome, you know, because I'm not here to tell them or, or, you know, try to impart any kind of wisdom, but my book will live on, and, and that's really cool. But I want you, I want to encourage every one of our listeners to really think about this, because uh, number one, it'd be a great gift for your children, because they will know, and your grandchildren, because they're going to find out, you know, maybe, you uh, they forget some of these stories that you have, but they go back and they've always got it with your book, which is kind of cool. So you live on. And, uh, and so that's neat. And we'll talk about some books here in a little bit uh, as far as uh, your legacy and so forth. So, so,
1: so uh, so, so Dave, so, um, you know, we all, when we talk about having a great legacy, uh, there's probably some people's names that come to mind. And so who might be two or three that come to mind for you?
0: I think one of my, my big uh, legacy people um, would be Eva core. I knew her personally. I spent um, Mm -hmm. time with her quite a bit, several on several occasions and um, she was a Holocaust survivor and she taught so many lessons and, but her biggest lesson uh, was forgiveness. And even up to the age of 85, she was out there, and she was known around the world. And uh, and Eva, she talked about uh, forgiving people. And and if you could have uh, the Nazis, the Germans came in, and, and and took her family, and they put they took them to Auschwitz, and they murdered her mom and her dad. They murdered her two older sisters, and the only reason she survived was her uh, the fact that she was a twin. And her and Miriam, they were, uh, 10 years old and Dr. Mengele, Dr. Death, Joseph Mengele, um, experimented on twins. And I remember being with Eva and she showed me, uh, her tattoo from Auschwitz, um, a seven, zero, six, three. And then Miriam was a seven, zero, six, four. And she pulled up her sleeve and showed it to me. And I'm like, wow. And, uh, but she told me how, you know, um, three days a week, they would inject poison into her right arm. And then they would uh, take blood out of her left arm and they would test and, and, and figure all this out, you know, try to do weird experiments and crazy stuff. And, and she barely survived all this, this torture that she went through, but her legacy uh, you know, she talks, and I've got a t-shirt here hanging behind me. It's like, be the change. Mm -hmm. And if you see things that are are bad in, in your world, you know, be the change, you know, stand up and say, hey, you know, this is not right. If somebody's being bullied, just simple one-on-one stuff. If you see somebody being treated in, in a, in a uh, an unjust way, stand up for them. And that's what Eva did. She stood up for everybody and anybody that's being bullied. And I see that a lot today. And I'd always told my kids, you know what, when, when you're in school, if you see a kid being picked on or something, you step in and you say, hey, Stop it! You know you 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 need to be their shield for them. And uh, of course, my kids had strong personalities, and and they they were pretty popular. And I said, you know, people will listen to you, but but don't allow that. And and I've always been that way. I hate injustice. I just I always have. But mm-hmm. Eva, Eva course she was amazing uh, with with her message of of forgiveness and and determination, okay. not giving up. She forgave the Nazis. So. Wow, what a legacy that is! You know,
1: absolutely. Yeah, you got another one. You think comes to mind?
0: Um, you know, I've got a guy uh, I'll have to, to shout out, Barney Dara. Barney Dara, when we first, when I graduated from Purdue back in '85, uh, my wife graduated from Vincent's University, and we started our careers. I was with the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and my first position as a as a manager was in um, Southern Indiana in Gibson County and uh, the town of Princeton, and what happened, uh, we went to this little church, and one of the leaders of the church was an older gentleman named Barney Dara, one of the most humble people you'd ever meet, just wonderful guy. Well, believe it or not, um, when he moved there, he was from Indianapolis, the Indianapolis area, and he was with uh, Indianapolis Power and Light uh, Company, They had coal generating power plants Mm -hmm. and he was in charge of building the uh, the Gibson generating plant, which at the time was the largest coal generated uh, power plant in the world. Uh, It was, it was huge. He was in charge of that. And he was the most humble man you'd ever meet. But Barney would go, we would go out to visit families and we'd stop and get a gallon of milk and buy some food and take them some groceries to some of these homes and these people, I'm like, wow, I can't believe people live like this. Uh, and and he, you know, just, just a kindest hearted man you'd ever meet, but Barney Dara, as long as, as his memory lives with me, you know, he lives, you know, he, he continues his life. And, and I wanna have that kind of impact on people that as long as they remember, you know, Dave Wadsworth, then I will continue to live even though I've passed on. And, and that's what I want people to, to realize that that they need to do uh, things daily, uh, activities daily that have an impact. And they really, um, they really count, make your life count. And Barney Dara, he did that. He, uh, matter of fact, I sent a, a video note to a friend, a young man who Barney Dara personally took care of for I don't know how many years. Uh, this young man was was in a troubled home. We went to their home, little bitty house trailer, and it was scary what they lived. And I don't know how many times we took groceries to them, you know, and mm-hmm. helped those boys out. But Barney, just one of the most humble uh, men you'd ever meet, you would think this guy was in charge of building the largest coal, you know, uh, generated power plant in the world. And yet. The humility was there and, and and that just stuck with me you know somebody like that in my life that I sure. was privileged to spend a lot of time with so yeah
1: yeah absolutely so I might throw in uh yeah so some of the people that come to mind for me I know that you know probably and probably for our listeners as well someone like Mother Teresa um you know that comes to mind how she selflessly Uh, spent time with so many to make a difference in in their world and that uh, impacted generations the number of years that she was involved Um, maybe secondly Martin Luther King uh, oh yeah yeah the things that he did to um, advance um, civil rights and you know call attention to what was happening in the United States in the 60s um, you know that's I think there's there's a huge legacy there that we you know, celebrate each year Martin Luther King Day and such. Um, another one that I, I I picked up recently is uh, I'm a big Andy Stanley fan. If you're familiar, I know you are with yes. him. Yeah, pastor yeah. at yeah, yeah at North Point Church in Atlanta uh, or outside Atlanta to be more correct. But uh, he was doing an interview with his father, and it was a fascinating interview. Them talking about his father's 50 years in ministry. And even talking about, um, so that's Charles Stanley as his father, and then talking about his grandfather, who was George Washington Stanley. And it was just really amazing to think about how starting, I believe it may have gone even before George Washington Stanley, but we'll just say for state, sake of the today's show, starting with uh, George Washington Stanley, you've got three generations of pastors that were birthed from, um, from that gentleman, and it's just, just amazing to see the impact they've had, so.
0: Yeah, that, you know, you don't think about it, but if you look back, uh, I have a lot of teachers in my family, and mm. uh, my son and daughter-in-law are school teachers, and I think back to people that had such a huge impact on my life, and I tell you, every time I sit down to the computer and I type, I'm reminded of Millie Overton. Millie Overton was like a drill mm. sergeant back then in those days we didn't have computers. We had uh, typing. So we typed on typewriters, but she taught us how to, you know, put our fingers on home row and type and I've become yeah. a, a pretty good typist actually. And, and so keyboarding is the thing. Now you do keyboarding, but back then, but I appreciate what she did. She was tough, but uh, you know, I thank her, but there's so many teachers that were so positive in my life. And I I tell my son and daughter-in-law all the time, I said, listen, you may be the only positive uh, that these kids have in their life. Uh, and, and, And so when they come into your classroom, I want you to be encouraging and uplifting every day. I said, they get enough negative. You know, anything in society, all this the stuff they get, some of the bullying and some of the just garbage they get in their head, all the negative, maybe home life is terrible, like I, I've witnessed and stuff. And I said, listen, you need to encourage these kids and, and let them know uh, that that they're loved and they've got endless possibilities if they just really apply themselves. But, but lift them up because, you, like I said, you may be the only encouragement that they get. Matter of fact, I talked to my son the other day about this book. I love this book um, by Hal Urban, uh, U-R-B-A, Hal Urban. And uh, and it talks about, he was a teacher, a college teacher, and also high school and junior high. And, and it's called um, Positive Words, Powerful Results. Mm. And how he interacted with these kids. But he would use positive words, and he said, and you'd get powerful results. And he would just do so many different things with the kids, but using just words, the words you use, the impact that they have, and, and, and people like ministers like Andy Stanley and his, his dad and his granddad, amazing uh, influence that they have in a very positive way, because I've read many of Andy Stanley's books, and uh, he's awesome, and one book I really like is about speaking Um, and I love that book, Um, Mm. and I can't even remember the whole title of it, but um, it was really good. Uh, Another one I read, um, uh, I can't even think of it, Um, but oh, here's the title, Uh, How Good is Good Enough? I love that book. I recommend that one too, How Good is Good Enough, (laughs) and it really kind of gives a perspective for us as human beings to think about Okay, our life, we're talking about legacy here. Okay, what's our life about, you know? Um, You know, where'd we come from? Where are we going? What are we doing in the middle, you know? And I I just uh, finished a book by Dave Ramsey and he talks about you don't control basically when you die, so that that's set pretty well because you know you're gonna die when you die i guess when you get sick or whatever or get run over (laughs) sounds (laughs) gross but uh and you you didn't determine when you were born the only thing that you control is that dash in the middle okay Mm -hmm. so we need to be purposeful about the dash and and we need to take care of business uh while we're here and while we have the chance and and that's that's pretty exciting um that we actually do have those choices and and, uh, we'll get into that in a minute but um, I want to go back to Martin Luther King. This is a funny story. Yeah. It's kind of a, I grew up in Plainville, Indiana, a little bitty town, Plainville in Davies County. We didn't have any black people within miles of us. I mean, we didn't know, you know, didn't know any black folks uh, as a young man, you know. Matter of fact, I remember as a young man uh, going to a, a parade, a Christmas parade as a young boy and seeing at the end of the parade, they would have horses, you know, the horses would come cause they don't want them at the front cause they make messes on them. And I remember <laughs> seeing KKK members, um, oh, in my. the parade wow. as a young boy. And thought, this is ridiculous. But my dad raised us. And even though we didn't know any black folks at all, at all, he, he taught us to respect and love every person, never, uh treat people in a bad way at all. He he wouldn't put up with it. He's like me. I mean, he taught us we have no use for injustice. Mm -hmm. We just just don't. I mean, if somebody's getting picked on, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. And we all know what it is. We don't have to, you know, find somebody's definition. It's in us. We know in our heart when we're hurting somebody and we know that's wrong. And so my dad wouldn't put up with that. Well skip forward here to, to Martin Luther King. It's funny. Um, on my wall, I have a poster of Martin Luther King Jr. and I've read several books about him, and um, and some of the things he believed in, which I really like. You know, he he one quote he said, "Injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere." Right. And I think about that, and that's so true. You know, when you let, you know, the least of these people, you know, you let them be hurt. Well, that's wrong. And, and whether it's wrong in another state or wrong in your state, it's wrong, and everyone loses. Your whole society is brought down by injustice, so no matter where it's at, but I've got a poster on my wall in my office about, and it's Martin Luther King, and down at the bottom, I, 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 I printed up the wording. I said, God hates racism, and then I have some scripture verse there, you know, about it and stuff, mm-hmm. and then I just have other pictures around that, and never thought anything about it, and I've had had it there for years. Well, (laughs) probably six years ago, my daughter, she says, "Um, Dad, I've been working with this guy, and I've got a a, a boyfriend now. He said, she said, I'd like for you to meet him, and I, I can tell you some great stories about this, but so we meet her boyfriend, and uh, and my daughter's fine. She's sweet, and we taught her right. But anyway, so we meet her boyfriend, and, and he's a black young man, okay? He uh, grew up in Gary or near Gary. His dad was murdered when he was a little boy, so his mom raised four little boys, did a great job. He's uh, you know an Indiana University graduate in business and accounting degree and all kinds of stuff. But it's like, okay, and she's pretty white, and uh, and, and uh, Isaac is pretty black and pretty dark. And he uh, – actually, his name, is funny. it's funny. It's Isaac White, and it's just kind of funny. But his granddad is 100% Cherokee Indian, and um, and it's really kind of funny. Uh, but a good young man, just a wonderful – well, they're married. They've been married now a couple years, and we're just so thrilled. He's one of the, the kindest – uh level-headed young man uh he just he he didn't have a lot of guidance as a young man as far as a, a father figure his his granddad uh, actually passed away at 19 when he was 19 years old of course his dad was killed when he was 18 months old so uh, his mom moved him out of there but when they came down to visit at the house here um when they came down from Bloomington at the time and and my daughter took him into my office and showed him the poster of Martin Luther King. And I'd had it in there for a long time. And, Never in my wildest dreams, I think, that she would, you know, bring home a a black man and marry him, you know, and stuff. Right. I never just thought about it. It wasn't bad. It just never really crossed my mind and stuff. And I I thought it was kind of interesting. So I don't know what the deal was there. But Martin Luther King, what he stood for was injustice. And we know the difference, and that's a legacy. And and if somebody's being bullied in any way, uh, authority of any kind, whether it's a, a coach, or a, a school teacher, a police officer, government officials, uh, the FBI, whoever you know that abuse anyone that has authority or power and abuses that, and 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 hurts people, I just have no use for that. It just makes me sick. And so. Anyway, kind of getting off on a tangent there, but but hopefully my legacy will be (laughs) flipping flipping the injustice and controlling, you know, what I control in my world is if I see injustice on a daily basis, I need to say something. I need to do something. I need to interrupt that pattern of of abuse. And uh, and I I call on anyone out there listening to, to do the same because... There's no need in this. That's, that's baloney. You can't justify that kind of behavior. So um, that's kind of another plant. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let's bring, let's bring us back to a little bit about, you know, as as you and I were talking about um, legacies, they're, they're, you know, very much a choice. And as we were talking about, um, you know, there's really two types of legacies. There's positive legacies, And there's negative legacies and most people never consciously choose one or the other. It kind of just happens. And so I think, you know, what, what we want to talk about in the show here today is trying to challenge people to think about your conscious decision about the legacy you're going to leave behind. That's, that's one of the most important decisions that you can make in around your life, you know, and what's going to happen afterwards. So um, I think you, as we were talking about it, you said you got a story to share with that that maybe we could uh, maybe slide into.
0: Yeah, yeah. What um, I'd mentioned before that, that Chris Hogan, um, one of Dave Ramsey's right-hand men, uh, he said what we need to do is, is control the controllables. Yep. And, and the, the main controllable in our life, number one, is our attitude we can in the morning when you wake up you can either decide you choose okay and life is just a series of choices all the way through the day we make hundreds of choices and and the first thing should be is our attitude to have a positive attitude because you decide in the morning what and I tell people this whatever comes out of your mouth is your fault the things that you do is your fault Mm -hmm. and you can't be blaming anybody else so that's a controllable is a positive attitude or a negative attitude so if you want to be a jerk you can be a jerk but it's your choice you know people go around they say well that person makes me mad well I I tell my wife I said honey they don't make you mad you allow what they do you know to kind of get under your skin so you've got to decide to let that stuff go and move on and if somebody's out there you know uh, being negative and being ugly. Well, you don't want to be around them. And that, that brought me to a story. Uh, I was thinking, I, one of my favorite places, I love to go to Cracker Barrel, and uh, I, I love their breakfast and, and I'll go in there and they always have these little plaques or sayings and different things. And one day I was looking over there and it said, uh, we, our customers make us happy. Some of our customers make us happy by coming in some of us some of our customers make us happy by leaving (laughs) (laughs) i love that so so, so you think about your life and are you making people happy when they see you or are you making happy people happy when you're leaving OK, because that's your choice. Uh, If you're a positive person and and you're very welcoming and and you're very respectful and kind and considerate with people, they're going to enjoy seeing you. Okay. they're going to enjoy that that uh, uh, relationship. But uh, but yeah, I guarantee you, I'm I'm to the point now and Greg, we're the same way as we're kind of middle aged guys. I don't have time for negative and ugly people. Okay. Uh, the stuff like, like um, television. I, I, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Uh, I don't want to fill my mind with garbage. I, I listen to a lot of books. I listen to a lot of positive stuff, a lot of positive people. Mm-hmm. Um, now I need to do that with food. I need to fill myself with positive food, you know, like fresh food, fruit, fruits and vegetables, <laughs> sure. but it's my choice. I, I choose whether I take in negative into my mind. Um, and, and there's a statistic of for just, if you just have three minutes of, uh, of news in the morning, uh, your likelihood of having a, a, a bad day increases like, uh, like 17, 18%, just three minutes of the negative news. And so don't tell me it doesn't have effect on you. Uh, hanging around negative people, it has a bad effect on you. And, and so you don't wanna be around those people. And that's a choice, you yeah. decide. You and I—we've decided. I don't have time to hang around with jerks and idiots that that don't uh, respect me or my family or friends or anybody, or the, and especially themselves. Right. I don't have time for that. I just don't have time, and and uh, I've just chosen, you know, to be around good people and positive people and productive people that want to change lives and help other people. And that's that's what we're about here on this show, is helping you enjoy and, and be the best you can be each and every day. And I think our ideas that we're bringing out in the book, Finishing on Fire, you know, living your legacy of purpose, passion, and prosperity. There's so many good ideas there that if you'll just take one of them, it will change your life and it'll happen immediately. Just, just at the snap of a finger, you can, you're, you can do it. And, and that's the cool thing about it. it it's choices. So so that's what our legacy can be, just a choice.
1: Yeah, two actions. Pick an idea, take action with it. Yep. (laughs) Make a difference.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, I know we're going to talk about a little bit in in regard to, um, you know, you shared some good tips there. I know in the upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking about uh, purpose, passion, and prosperity. That's in the next three episodes, but I think you had a couple, uh, two, three books that you were thinking about sharing with our listeners to maybe might be some good resources for them, them to look into.
0: Sure, yeah, I appreciate you asking that. I um, I read three books uh, in preparation for our, our our show today, our podcast, and I um, I, I kind of was thinking along this line of our legacy and so forth. So I read, I picked out three books, I read. I listen to, if you listen to last week episode, audible is my, my new best friend. I I listen all the time because I I constantly, uh, and and this is something I never believed I could do this, but technology allows this. I promise you, you can easily read two or three books a a month easily or listen to in your downtime Uh, cause the time you're in a car, I, a lot of times when I'm laying down to sleep at night, uh, I'll just put a book in my headphones. I'll listen to a book and then I'll probably drift off to sleep. But sometimes it'll take 25, 30 minutes before I go to sleep. Well, I can read or listen to somebody else read uh, you know, several chapters, it may be four or five chapters. And then I I drift off to sleep. And then the next day I get up and I'm like, Oh, where did I leave off? (laughs) And so I go back. I remember the last thing I remember, uh, listening to. So I go from there, but, but I read three books I really like. And, um, one of them, Dave Ramsey, uh, love Dave Ramsey. He's just a straight shooter. Uh, one of the good guys in life, uh, really has a heart for people and, and their money issues and so forth. As a matter of fact, he's good buddies with uh, our friend, Dan Miller. Yep. Um, oh, and I sent Dan and Joanne Miller a, a video Christmas, and Dan sent me back a nice message and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, Dan uh, Miller and Dave Ramsey have been buddies forever, and they, they, uh, they had a class. They taught together, church and stuff, one on careers, which is what Dan Miller's about, you know, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And then Dave Ramsey, of course, is more the financial guy of, you know, how to get your finances straight and, and order and so forth. But a book that he wrote is, is um, The Legacy Journey, and it talks about, uh, and, and he covers a lot of areas, not just the money but the legacy that you're going to leave. And I highly recommend that book. It's, it's really good. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, another one that I read this week by Max Lucado and I like, like him, he's got some good stuff. It's called outlive your life. And, and he tells a story about, um, these, uh, sailors years ago, they, um, they went to these, they were passing by these islands in the Caribbean somewhere, and they they saw these islands, and they stopped, and they explored, and they met the people there, the natives, and the first couple islands, the natives were so poor, and just, it was just a rough existence that they had, and then they they went on to another island, and they found that these people had they had roads. They had crops. They had some irrigation mm. and things. They had uh, medical clinics. They had schools, and they were very organized and very productive and prosperous. And and they they could these sailors, you know, they they couldn't understand what, why, what's the difference, and and so they they asked the natives, you know, why do you have all these things, you know, and and they said, well, it was uh, Father Benjamin. And apparently, uh, a priest had been there and taught them for decades how to, uh, you know, to improve their lives by, you know, different techniques, you know, very basic stuff that we think about. And so they asked, they said, well, can you take us to Father Benjamin? And they're like, okay. So they go and they take him, they take uh, the sailors and they take them to this uh, clinic, you know, where it has medical supplies. And then they also have, you know, like, um, uh assistance medical assistance for people that are sick They're like wow that's amazing okay and they said well you know we'd like to you know see father benjamin and um and so they took him to to one of their schools that they had for the children and they showed him around the school and it's like okay this is nice but we want to see you know um where, do, where does Father Ben kept saying? Where does Father Benjamin live? You know, and so they and then they took him to the uh, their farm where they had the irrigation and stuff, and they're growing all this this uh, these this produce and stuff, and they're like, well, you know, where is Father Benjamin? Well, they they take him to this chapel. Where does he live? And they go to this chapel and they look around, and and it's amazing how how advanced these people are and how well they're doing as a society in this this one island, and and finally. Um, they said, you know, we want to meet Father Benjamin. And they said, oh, well, you can't meet him. He, he's dead. He died, you know, some mm. years ago. And they're like, oh, we thought, you know, you were going to show us, you know, where he lived. And uh, they said, well, this is, you know, this is what he did for us. And, and this is how he lives continually. And now uh, through the schools and through the uh, medical clinic and through the roads and through all the infrastructure because he laid that legacy down for those right. people. He taught them to be self-sufficient, to, to improve their lives in so many different ways. And, and that's what we're talking about as far as a legacy. And that's what Max Licato, he starts out his book, you know, Outlive Your Life. And, that, and that's the way you do it. You, you do things that really matter. You focus in on uh, stuff that will, will outlive you. And, and it starts with your family, it starts with your, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children, uh, the work that you do, uh, just, you know, your interaction with everyone, but but being focused and being purposeful in everyday life and and, and saying, okay, I've got so much time left. I don't know how, how much, but uh, I'm going to make the best of it. And so, so that's a good book. Now, the other one that I read this week, too, I'd read before. Uh, Mel Robbins, she is a funny, funny lady. Uh, Mel Robbins, like Tony Robbins, no relation, um, but she's hilarious. But she wrote a book uh, called The Five Second Rule, and uh, she was struggling. She talked about, you know, procrastination and motivation and all this stuff. And she said, you know, she figured this out. She said, it's very simple. It's, It's kind of a thing that helps you get off your butt. And move on things that you keep putting <laughs> off, or whatever, and, and how you can live in a passionate way. But she said, um, one day she was watching this, uh, a launch of the shuttle, and you know, how they count down, you know, uh, 10, nine, eight, seven, and, and then they got five, four, three, two, one, and then they sure, launch. Sure, sure. Well, that made sense, you know, if, if I need to do something, I'm just going to. Count down. I'm going to go five, four, three, two, one, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. And she says in the morning when the alarm goes off, if she doesn't want to get up, she counts five, four, three, two, one, and boom, she gets up and she does it and she moves. Nice. And she said, Now you can't count up because that won't work. You go, you know, one, two, three, four, five, go. Well, no, because then you can just keep on counting and you just sit still <laughs> and <not> do <laughs> She said, It's amazing the effect. That just doing that, you know, that consciously saying five, four, three, two, one, go and you do it and you act. And she says, you know, yeah, you can be motivated and all that stuff. But she said this seems to help people really engage and and do things that they, you know, they don't want to do or or they put off and stuff. And she talks throughout the book about, you know, finding energy and things the things that you really enjoy doing, you know, really move that way, which is more of a passion Mm -hmm. thing. But I really like that book, Five Second Rule. Um, I, you know, I don't make any money off these books, but I'm just saying those are uh, some that I would recommend because they help you build a better life and, 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 and build it a day at a time. And, mm-hmm. and it helps her. She talked about just her family time, you know, focusing on, on her kids and, and doing things. And, and the more efficient she would be, with, with work stuff, they give her more time with her family. And, and she just, it was just really good. Just she just gave a lot of examples how people would overcome some really bad habits and things that they thought they just couldn't, you know, couldn't whip. They, that doing this seems simple, but it works. So, so I like that one. So.
1: Absolutely. I love that. You know, they say <laughs> a lot of people as they move into their forties uh, but more often fifties and, and beyond, you know, their thoughts shift from success to creating significance, and oh yes, yeah. And there's yeah. a number of really good books around those. Uh, I know we've talked about halftime by Bob Buford and and some others like that. But you know, the the significance um, goes along with this legacy, I believe. And so that's a challenge that mm-hmm. we want to have for our listeners. So maybe um, maybe we just talk about oh. Sounds like you got, you got something else to throw in.
0: Yeah. You, you just brought a, a thought to mind, Aaron Walker, uh, you know, Aaron Walker, um, Absolutely. he's also a buddy of Dave Ramsey's. they had a mastermind together, uh, Dan Miller, Dave Ramsey, Aaron Walker, and several guys for years, they had a mastermind every week they'd get together. And, and Dave talks about that, uh, quite often talks about it in his, his legacy journey book. He just mentioned some more and how they, um, and Aaron Walker, he has uh, men's groups, they're men's masterminds, and it's called Iron Sharpens Iron. And he wrote a book also, um, uh, a view from the top, a view from the top. And it's really good, but he talks about moving, just like you said, mm-hmm. Greg, You know, moving from success to significance, right. uh, where you're saying, you know what? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done real well. You know, When I was with the government, I moved up the the the, the chart, you know. I moved up the ladder, you know, boom, 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 and all of a sudden I'm sitting on top of the mountain, looking around like, okay, where's my next mountain? And then I went corporate, and and uh, my boss hired me. He was a president of a milling company, and then boom, 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 I went to the top. Okay, and then I'm sitting on top of the mountain, looking around at the kingdom, thinking, okay, now what do I do? And and so then I'm like, I want to start my own business, you know. So I start my own business, and and we're always looking um, to have an impact and significance. It's not, it's not the money. We want the money. We want to use it for the good and, and what it will sure. allow us to do. Mm-hmm. But as good stewards, we know it's not ours. I mean, cause it'll be gone. You know, we'll be gone one of these days and then who has it uh, you know, but we want to use it for good. And so we really want people to, to do as well as they can financially. If you can make zillions of dollars, that's fantastic. Just remember uh, that money is is amoral. It's a tool, uh, just like a brick. You know, a brick mm-hmm. can be used to, to, to build a, a school or a church or, or an orphanage, or it can be used to slam into somebody's windshield and, and bust and, and cause chaos. Yes. Uh, it's amoral. Money is, is neither good nor bad, and it's just a tool. And and if we use it as such, but, but with significance, all of a sudden, you get to a point in your mind where you say, "Wow, I want to make uh, the biggest impact I can, the most good." And I think you mentioned that uh, we were talking earlier about Dale Carnegie—not Dale Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie.
1: Andrew Carnegie, uh,
0: yep. Andrew <laughs> Carnegie, the steel magnet, uh, and and he had he had built up a fortune of, uh, I think it was five hundred million at the turn of the century, back in yep. nineteen hundred and the richest guy in the world. And he turned around and built, um, what'd you say? 2,500 libraries, 2,500, I think is what you Yeah, I looked it up right before
1: the show. It was 2,509 libraries over the course of about 40 years.
0: Yeah. And I remember, like I mentioned, uh, Washington, Indiana, which is a bigger town that we, we were located all about 10 miles away. Carnegie was the public library that we would go to in Washington. It was a Carnegie Public Library. And I'm so thankful for people like that, that, okay, they made all this money and then they realized, okay, now what can I do with this and have a, an impact? Well, he's been dead for, you know, 100 years. Right. And yet, the Carnegie Public Libraries are out there for people to use to better themselves. And that's, that's amazing. And that's, I think that's what we all want inside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We want to matter. We want to do things that have a positive impact. uh, Number one on our family and then uh, the ripple effect on, on everyone we can, we want to do that. And that's, that's part of, that's a legacy. That's, that's our legacy that we're all looking for. So, so uh, I think as you go, we go through this and the finishing on fire book, we will have ideas every episode on how you can have that legacy and really live the impact life, the significance life that you're really looking for that, that, that really means something uh, to you and people around you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Looking forward to bringing those to our audience today. So why don't you take us out with your uh, question for today?
0: Oh, question for the day. I think I wrote that down. Oh, I don't need it. <laughs> you know, we are like um, we're like plants. We're like trees. We're either growing or we're dying, and that's my question for you today: Are you growing or are you dying? And it's your choice. Yep. And if you're if you're out there and and you're reading and learning, you're growing. If you're not, you're dying. You're not stagnant. Okay. Uh, we don't live lives that way. But, but the question is, are you growing or dying? Are you meeting new people? Are you doing new things? Are you stretching your mind? Are, are you having a bigger impact for the good? And so the question is, are you growing or dying? And so with the book, the finishing on fire, you know, living your legacy of purpose, passion, and prosperity, you have the choice. You can either fire up or you can fizzle out. So let's fire up, guys. Thank you for listening to the Finishing on Fire radio show. Be sure to visit finishingonfire.com for more great content. Go light your world.